When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Bob Wolf is our very special guest. Bob is uh, is is an educator. He is a uh, he is a life skills educator, and he has been doing this so well for the last 21 years and uh, again his uh, whole his whole situation is to get the kids from uh, from school age to uh, to adulthood and uh, and teach them skills that they have not learned in uh, in school and what they uh, what they should be learning that are going to help them in life Frank McKay here so much more importantly Bob Wolf how are you I'm very well Frank thanks for having me on um, the reality of what I do is I let kids know and their parents know that the reference uh, resources is all about the power of people in life. They need to know that the number one resource that they have in life is people. Now, anyone who works with kids today or has kids in schools is well aware that thing what they do is use technology and social media all the time. They're glued to their phones and other devices, and they don't look up. They don't look at people. And because of this, they're seriously lacking in what we know as people skills and communication skills, or soft skills, as they're called today. Now, the program I developed can be modeled or adapted to any grade level, from elementary school to graduate school, because I've talked to all those school levels about the skills. And at a younger age, the skills are more easily learned and adapted. And when the kids learn the skills we'll talk about in a minute, they go home and say to their mom and dad, hey, mom and dad, this is what Mr. Wolf taught me. This is really important stuff, making eye contact and shaking hands and greeting people. And their parents go, well, yeah, well, we know that. So these kids are very receptive to what I have to say. And they're very appreciative of the fact that somebody is taking the time to talk about the five skills that they will all use in everyday life, no matter what they do, to earn a living. So I go into it and I present what I do in a very entertaining way, in an information-based way. I connect with them first. We connect with people. We have a, an opportunity to have those people help us or not, if they choose to, predicated upon how we deal with them. So the five skills are simply building block skills. The easier skills learn first, like first impression skills. And then you get into personal skills. Now, there's five ways you make a first impression, Frank. And there's three stages to making a first impression in person, which is the biggest area I work on in the sense of getting these kids to realize that looking at their phones and typing on a screen is a wonderful way to communicate words to people, but there's no feeling. There's no energy. There's no emotion involved in doing that. And that's what they lack. And that's why people skills and communication skills are often referred to as the most important skills in their life. So when we talk about people skills, when I started this, I thought, well, what exactly is a people skill? And I went and asked a lot of different educators and parents, what is a people skill? And I got different answers. So I thought if I broke the skills down into individual pieces, like first impression and interpersonal and communication and presentation and selling skills, the kids would understand it. And like anything in life, when you're very specific about what you're talking about, it's more easily understood by the people you're discussing it with. 
So what I've done is I've identified those five skills, and first impression makes the biggest difference. We meet people in our life, and we never know who the people are that are going to help us or not until we spend some time with them, until they get an impression of us. And we make a first impression in very formal ways, and we make a first impression in informal ways. When we talk on the phone with people, the tone of our voice matters. The energy level matters. The, the, the insight that we pose into understanding the person we're talking to matters. And these kids don't understand any of this. So it, to me, is common sense. It's relevant to information that we need when we deal with and earn support from people, the number one resource, as I said, in life. I repeat that to these kids because they need to go home and understand that basis. Nothing they do in life will ever be successful unless other people choose to help them based upon how they treat people and how they treat that individual. So for me, first impression skills are the number one skill there is. The second skill is interpersonal skills. Those are the, that's called just being personal, having good manners and common courtesy and using interpersonal skill language like, thank you, thank you for your time. I appreciate you seeing me and giving me a little of your time today. And if you make a mistake, say, excuse me, I'm sorry. One of the stories that comes to mind, I'll share, is an 11th grade student went to a friend of mine's business, which was a pharmacy, and she asked for a part-time job. And she said, you know, you know my dad in the pharmacy owner said, yes, I know your dad, and I'll be more than happy to hire you. So he hired this young girl, 11th grade high school student. She comes in, goes to work, comes in in the morning, has a wonderful time doing what she did, go home for lunch, and never comes back. So the father gets home and meets the daughter, and she says, what are you doing home? She says, well, I didn't like the job. So the pharmacy owner calls the father and says, excuse me, uh, your daughter didn't come back from lunch. I'm concerned about her. Is she okay? So the father said, well, yeah, um, she just didn't like the job. She didn't figure she'd go back. So the interpersonal skill that she lacked was saying, I'm sorry to the owner of the pharmacy and saying, I should have come back. I apologize. Because that pharmacy owner can be a recommendation and a reference for her later in her life if he chooses to. So interpersonal skills are extremely important. Manners, being polite, being respectful, being honest. Those things these kids today just don't understand because unless they get them at home, they're not getting them elsewhere. Then you get into that whole world of communication. Hey, Bob, oh, let me my. interrupt you to remind folks that are just tuning in late or just turning on their radios. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly. Bob Wolf is our very special guest, and he is a, a life skills educator. And uh, again, uh, we're here talking about uh, what the kids uh, need to know uh, in, in, in Bob's estimation uh, of what they need to know uh, to, to get on with adulthood. Bob, continue on. Well, I think it's important that they know that, but what's really more important, Frank, is that the HR professional world today is saying, and I've got, they've got uh, reels out there on Edutopia, which is that wonderful program that Frank Lucas started uh, years ago. Uh, John, uh, the reality is um, the business world is saying by 2030, if you don't have soft skills, the skills that I call hum hope, human interaction, knowledge, apply skills, you won't find a job. So while hard skill knowledge is important, the ability to relate to and earn support from and work effectively with different people is actually more important. So communication skills, they learn there's different ways to communicate, five ways in specifically, speaking, listening, writing, physical, and emotional. And I can demonstrate each of the skills that I talk about. When, kill, when kids see, hear, and feel what the skills look like, sound like, and act like, they remember that. When you read it on a page or you read it on a screen somewhere, it doesn't stick with you as well. 
but doing something and hearing it in person by somebody presenting it to you, what you actually can hear, see, and feel, that grabs your attention and holds it. So the fact of the matter is, um, Maya Angelou, all the kids I work with, regardless of what grade they're in school, they, they know who Maya Angelou is, a, 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 an activist, a well-known writer and poet. She said something about 21 years ago when I started this business that blew me away, and I was instantly memorized it. She said, words mean more than what are set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with shades of deeper meaning. And I went, wow, that's important. And that's why these kids, when they're spending all their time on their phones, texting and typing and looking at a screen all day long, there's no energy. There's no voice power. You know what really effective communication is, Frank? It's 10% words, 30% sounds, and 60% body language. And that's why these kids go to concerts, they watch movies, they watch videos on their little three by six inch phones. It's not the words that they're being spoken, it's the body language and the energy that the actors and the actresses are imparting visually. And a picture is worth a thousand words is absolutely true. So when I go and present this stuff in an entertaining way, they get it. Bob, let me they, yeah, let me jump in. We got a couple minutes uh, left, and uh, we we're gonna get caught on uh, on time here. Uh, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling about this generation, the next generation uh, that's before us? Uh, of how? Uh, they look in the future. Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are, are you? Uh, is the jury still out? Personally, I work out with a lot of young kids, and I go to schools today. I'm concerned for them. I'm concerned because they are spending so much time on their mobile phones and technology and devices that they're lacking these interpersonal skill, people skill words. They're lacking them. And they're going to have a difficult time. I'm working with college students one-on-one -on -one today coaching them. They don't know how to get interviews. They don't know how to relate to the other people. They don't know how to send handwritten thank you notes to somebody and say, I appreciate your time today. If we don't get together, I look forward to hearing from you again. So I am not necessarily overly optimistic. There are some that I'm very optimistic about, Frank. Those are the kids that work in team sports and music and acting and in, in theatrics in, in engineering where they have a specific vocation in mind that they'd like to pursue but the rest of these kids the bureau of labor statistics says they're going to have 12 to 15 jobs during their career and when i tell them that they're blown away shocked they don't believe that and when i tell them i've had 13 jobs that i'm successful they go why do you think you're successful bob with 13 jobs so to answer your question specifically i'm I'm, I'm a positive, optimistic person. Yeah. I realize what I'm doing can help them. But if they don't get themselves together and they start realizing how important those communication and people skills are, they're going to have a difficult climb as they navigate their career path. Bob, I, we got a couple seconds left. Congratulations on all your success. 21 years of, of doing this, and it's, it's as important as it gets. Uh, can you give us a website, a social media site, someplace where we can follow uh, along with what you do? Sure. My website is www www.hopeskills.com. I've been doing it for a long time. I have a little bit of social media activity, and people said I should, I should, I should do more of it. But I'm better off in person, because when I walk into a classroom and shake their hand and look them in the eye and explain what I do, that's what makes them pay attention. So I, I do use social media, but my social is one-on-one, face-to-face, eye-to-eye contact. Well, listen, Bob, congratulations once again for all your success. Um, I really, uh, it's, it's always great to talk to you, and hopefully we can talk again real soon. Thank you very much, Frank. Have a wonderful day and have a wonderful holiday. Bob Wolf, everyone.
and Bob Wolf is as good as they get uh, when it comes to life skills, education, and he is uh, he's he's terrific. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone. To breaking it down, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Elodie Jung is our very special guest, and she is a wonderful actress. Anything you see her in, uh, you will you will agree. She's got range. She's can play all types of uh, roles, and we'll get into some uh, some of her roles later as as we let her go, uh, let her go. But right now, let's talk about the cleaning lady, which is terrific. If you're not watching the cleaning lady, you're making the biggest mistake out there. Uh, second season is is <laughs> rapping. Uh, Alodi, how are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm good. Uh, I'm taking a little break after you know this, uh, the, the, you know, filming season two of the Cleaning Lady. I'm in Colorado, enjoying the mountains, so everything is good. Yeah, I, I've got to believe that you and the rest of the cast and the uh, and the crew have to be very pleased at the results of this. It's it's turned out to be great. And, uh, you know, you don't know. You don't know how things are, are going to go. Uh, did, did you know right from the get-go that you, you had a winner on your hands with this? No, because you never know. You know, I've been in projects that I thought would be a hit and it didn't happen. There's some sort of uh, magical element that I think it's a bit uh, out of control. Um, I think there are shows and things that kind of work and they're not maybe the greatest. Um, but what I knew is that I had a great part, uh, you know, following a woman that is coming from, she's coming from Asia to America to uh, try to find a cure for her son. That is just setting something good for me. You know, I, I know that I'm going to to, to tap in you in, in my my humanity to, to, to play this part and I can bring my mother my the motherhood that I know and the love that I have for a kid and uh, and the strength you know that I know of so I knew it was a really good part to and juicy part to get my teeth into but uh, you know the life of a show if it's a success or not it's really out of my hand and I am not concerned by that let me tell you that I, I really don't pay attention to this. Uh, Alodi, let me ask you, how much different did the show turn out than than how you anticipated it when you first read it? Um, it the first time that I worked for broadcast TV, uh, there is a pace that I, I never knew before. Um, it is not a slow burner. So that was a, that was a novelty to me. It was... Uh, I had to I had to keep up with the pace and you know the the at which uh, events un- unfold um and uh and 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 try to keep it grounded and real for Tony. So that was that was uh that was a new experience for me. Um I had no expectation. I I try to go blind to any project because I want to stay open as an artist. You know, I want to stay open to whatever the writers are offering, uh, whatever, whoever director I'm working with. I, I want to keep my myself um, available for suggestions and, uh, I don't know, surprises. To me, and I'm a non-actor, you know, I'm not in, in that end of the mm-hmm. business, uh, 
it, the chemistry looks so strong to me on the cleaning lady. Uh, is it something that <clears throat> developed as uh, as the shows went on, as you shot them? Is it something that was instantaneous? <clears throat> uh, how did you feel about the chemistry going in and, and where it is now? I think we, we were pretty lucky. Like, chemistry is there or isn't there, you know? It's, we, we were very lucky that when I went to the project, uh, Aiden Cantor was already cast, you know, and we had a different partner before that was supposed to be the, the Tony. And uh, we got lucky that it just kind of worked naturally between us. Um, between me and Martha, it's been love at first sight. You know, when she did her first, first audition, she had like a, a, a callback and they asked me to read with the, the, the girls. And uh, immediately she was the first one to read and I was like, oh my gosh, this this actress is incredible. I'm in love with her. Please, 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 please bring her. Please, please tell me you're seeing what I'm seeing. And, and everyone did, obviously, because it's so obvious, her talent. Um, with Oliver, it kind of grew. Uh, I didn't. I didn't expect uh, to be, you know, to him to be such a wonderful person. <laughs> I thought it would be the opposite. And actually, I'm in love with this person. He's just like one of a kind. Um, and so I'm so happy that I can say all of this in press because you know sometimes you're on a project and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, you have to pretend that it's a good group of people, and it's not. It is because it's it's human. You can't get on with everyone all the time. But we got so lucky on this one. And I, I just adore each of them. And the kids as well, you know, they're really good kids. Um, I'm currently on holiday with them, like with the, the kids who are playing Luca, wow. with the parents. Just like, we became a little family. It really became, it turned out this way. Very simple people. Everyone is just like, you know, very real and, and nice. Um, I, I love that. Yeah, it, it's just amazing. I I think we love to hear that as fans of the show. We love to uh, to hear <laughs> something like that. We hope you know something like that is going on. Uh, what about the development yeah. of your character? You have such a strong character to start with, but uh, she is developing uh, in in a in a great way. And I I think uh, you know there's more to come. Do you try to anticipate where she's going uh, naturally as an actress? No. Or do you just let it come? I let it come, and then I'm very involved in what is given to me. Um, because I want to make sure that everything feels right in terms of uh, the way it's written, like the lines. So we take it like, let's take the surface. How the scenes are written, what are her lines, does it feel good? Uh, saying them, does it feel real, does it feel written, too written, you know, so I've got a lot of liberties and uh, I'm very involved in like changing all of that. Now we're getting involved also in, in the curse of it, like in the, in the course of it, like um, if something happens, how does that impact uh, my character? Let's not forget about, you know, how it impacts her, let's keep it real, let's keep it human. Um, because I, I tend to do this because this project is very much plot-driven as well. It is character-driven, but season two also has been a lot of events. You know, it's, it's, a lot is happening. And I just want to make sure we keep the heart of the show, which is her decisions, no matter what happens, they have to impact the people around her and they have to impact her. It, it can't be just, oh, you know, an explosion here and there. It's like, it, it's no interest. In, I don't have any interest in that. 
So this is how, so I'm not in the writing room, so I don't have, you know, they have full liberties, obviously, to write whatever they want, but I get involved in the second part of the process, if it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Alodi, uh, congratulations on, on an amazing career, not just uh, the uh, cleaning lady, but uh, the sky's the limit for you. Please let us know if there's anything else we should know before we let you go. And if you can, leave us with a, a website or a social media site where we could uh, follow along with what you're doing. Uh, I, I'm not so good on social media. I'm on Instagram, that's all. Um, and uh, and um, I'm going to have a really nice, fun project to talk about, but 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 not quite now. And it's going to be a comedy, which I'm very happy. And I'm going to be playing a crazy woman, which I can't wait. <laughs> wow. Listen, I, any, I could watch you in anything. You have incredible range. Thank you very, very much for being Thank here. You. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a good holiday. You too. Holiday. I never know if it's holiday or holiday. Bye. Bye-bye. Alodi Jung, everyone, has been, has been our very special guest, and uh, she is uh, uh, she is just uh, uh, wonderful. She's one of these people that we're talking to now, but you can tell there's a uh, huge career uh, ahead of her. Uh, people uh, you know, know her from uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, and uh, you know some uh, some of the different superhero roles that have come up in her uh, in her past, but the cleaning lady is where she's breaking through. I've had a couple of people, Oliver Hudson, and uh, a couple of other people on uh, from this uh, this show, and it's uh, it's a good one. You know, if you if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, Alodi Young is uh, just yeah, she's a, a terrific actress. But uh, again, you could tell that the the best is ahead of her. Um, by the way, I mean she's uh, it, you know she's got that international feel. She has an international look to her, um, and uh, you know I think that's going to open her up for uh, for so many different things. Uh, Daredevil, uh, she played Elektra uh, on uh, on Daredevil and uh, the Defenders. She played Electra, you know, so she's uh, she has several uh, uh, shows that cross over with that uh, particular character. Um, but this is this is it. I'm sure she when she saw this, she was like, OK, this is where I break out. This is where I break through. And she's, uh, you know, a beautiful woman. And I say that uh, respectfully, but she's got a beautiful look to her. And, you know, that doesn't hurt, of course, but she's got a acting chops. Uh, the cleaning lady is, uh, is is well acted, well casted, and you know you're going to uh, uh, you, you're going to uh, I think you're going to agree with me that uh, the sky's the limit when it comes to her, and uh, you know she's um, um, yeah she's going to be up for a lot of things uh, in in the future, and and a big reason why is because of the cleaning lady, Frank McKay, signing off, Alodi Young is our very special guest uh, and she's uh, yeah uh, terrific talent on the way up Frank McKay signing off we'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay Long Island Vibes on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays now here's your host Frank McKay I'd like to welcome everyone 
to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a very talented man. And uh, if if you haven't seen Retrograde, um, you're making a mistake. But uh, it, it is it's disturbing. It's uh, it, it's real. It's um, it, it's it's just right on. But you, you got to uh, you, you got to hand it to the filmmaker here. He is a Academy Award nominated uh, uh, a documentary filmmaker and an Emmy Award winning filmmaker. And please on uh, Disney Plus is where I watched it. But you could see it also on on Hulu. Um, see retrograde. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Matthew Heineman. How are you? How's it going? Uh, d- great, and uh, thrilled to talk to you. And uh, you know, one of the one of the most disturbing um, films that I've seen. Um, and I, you know, to me, uh, you, you just uh, it, you, you pulled it off. I mean, it's uh, it's it's something that uh, I think it's an important story, but uh, but maybe one that is uh, that that is overlooked. In our history, uh, do you have a comparison to what we've seen in in twenty years in Afghanistan, uh, and, and to anything else that we've seen in our history? I'm I'm so sorry, you broke up at the, at the end of the question. Do you, do you mind repeating it? Yeah, it, it, do you have a comp, uh, a historic comp comparison to to anything that we've we can compare Afghanistan to uh, I you know I don't think it's anything like Vietnam really when when it comes down to it and I I don't have a direct comp that I can give it and 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 I think even more so watching your film um yeah I, I certainly not sure I have a comp either uh you know I think the the point of the film and it was not to dissect how we got here or what happened. You know, the, the point was to try to understand, uh, and, and document just, you know, this, these final eight months, um, up close and personal, put you on the ground there to make you see, you know, how it all went down. Um, and I think, you know, the goal with all my films is to take these large amorphous subjects, drug war in Mexico, ISIS in Syria, COVID, in this case, obviously the end of the war in Afghanistan, and to try to put a human face to it um, and, you know, take it out of the headlines and create, you know, an emotional and intellectual connection in a way that you might not otherwise have had one. Matthew, what, what were your anticipation, uh, what, what were your, your expectations going into this, uh, and, and how much uh, different is the end result of your film compared to what you thought it would be like? When I was 21 years old, a mentor of mine uh, in the film world said, if, if you end up with the story you started with and you weren't listening along the way, which I think is good advice for life and good advice for filmmaking, you know, don't be dogmatic, be open to the story changing. And that certainly was the case with this film. It started out initially as a portrait of uh, you know, a Green Beret deployment. Um, that Green Beret deployment took years to get access to and, and you know, took a long time to gain our trust. Um, and then by the time it happened, you know, it actually turned out to be the final Green Bay deployment to Afghanistan, the longest war in U.S. history. And, you know, it, it became clear that, wow, we could actually may, maybe tell a story through the prism of this deployment about, about this final chapter of the war. And then, you know, three months into filming, President Biden pulls out our troops. They go home. The Green Bays go home. And. You know, I, it felt like we had the beginning of a story, the, the first act of a story, but by no means a complete film. And, 
you know, that's when we shifted the focus again to General Sami Sadat, who had been working with the Green Berets, an Afghan general in charge of all of southern Afghanistan, and stayed with him until the final moments of the war. What was the reaction that you got uh, after people that, that were involved with, uh, people that were, were interviewed and followed? What, what was their reaction to the film once it was uh, completed? The people in the, in the film. Yes. Do you-, um, you know, I think it's it's deeply emotional. Uh, obviously, you know, every human being is different, and and right. the American reaction was quite different from the you know Afghan reaction. But but I think obviously, you know, no one's going into this movie not knowing how it ends, and we we all know how it ended. And uh, I don't think anyone is particularly happy with how how it ended. And so, you know, I think it's, it's really hard for people to see. Um, but I think most people who participated in the film in front, in front of the camera um, felt like it was a very important uh, moment in history to document. Yeah, and, and again, I, I don't quite know that, uh, that there's anything else like it in our, in our history. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, like you said, everyone knows how it ends. It, it's, it's a disaster, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's, an, um, it, it's something that I, I, you know, I don't know how it could have ended any, uh, any differently, if uh, once the once the uh, the Biden administration. And again, this isn't to sit here and and and, and make a political statement, but I, I've I've got to believe that uh, that the people on the ground there just felt completely. Uh, betrayed by us and I, I know people that were involved in the war from the military end and uh, they were devastated with uh, with how it uh, worked out and by the way uh, I, I think uh, you you get uh, tremendous praise from uh, from folks that uh, that were there um, making sure that uh, you got this reaction and that it's that it's there uh, it's very easily to uh, it's it's very easy to forget this war and i think we're gonna we're gonna go out of our way to try to forget it uh, as a public unfortunately well that's you know i i have many different goals for the film uh one of them certainly is to reinvigorate a conversation around the war in afghanistan obviously you know the war in ukraine has usurped so much of the international conversation in the news media and and sort of the oxygen and you know obviously that's an incredibly important story one of the most important stories of our lives but we seem to have forgotten uh, about the war in Afghanistan and forgotten about these people that we left behind. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I went over to the Ukraine two weeks after the war started to uh, do radio coverage uh, over there and to uh, and to shoot film uh, myself. And I, yeah, there's just uh, there's it's just a completely different situation than what you experienced. And um, I just. I, you know, honestly, I just I, I, I tip my hat to you and uh, and and just a, a great film retrograde. Uh, what what can you leave us with? I know you've been doing uh, doing interviews all day. You got to be you got to be wiped out on it. Uh, what what do you hope? Uh, what, what do you hope for uh, the people of Afghanistan? Or is there anything or is it just our, our condolences at, at this point? Is there any is there any possibility of a happy ending? coming from this uh or is is everything uh, just completely as we see it in your film 
Uh, it seems like people love to have happy endings. Unfortunately, life is, doesn't really work like that. So um, I, I, there's no like Pollyanna twist I can make in this story. It's, it's not a happy ending. I mean, we're, we have obviously the term retrograde is a military term for leaving a war zone. Um, something I didn't know before making the film, and, and that's obviously what the film documents. But uh, retrograde obviously also means moving backwards and we are back to where we were 20 years ago. Girls can't go to school. Women can't, can't go to Tabitha, their face is covered. Um, it's just devastatingly sad um, what's happened in Afghanistan. And uh, so, yeah, it's hard to, hard to sort of twist it into a happy, happy ending. I guess the only possible answer to the question, for me at least, is, you know, I find great inspiration in the power of the human spirit persevering just against you know all odds and that's that's sort of a through line in, in most of the work that i've done um is finding individuals um who are who are fighting despite enormous you know hurdles in front of them and and certainly this film documents you know general sammy sadat his men and many others who, who are you know despite every neon sign metaphorically saying stop give up surrender um, continued uh, to fight, and 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 you know, General Sadat believed you know, that maybe, just maybe, if, if he held on to southern Afghanistan or or Helmand or Lashkar, the capital of Helmand, that maybe, just maybe, they could they could hold on to the country. Uh, unfortunately, obviously, that didn't happen. But um, yeah. Well, listen, c- congratulations on all your work, not just uh, retrograde, but uh, this is uh, just disturbing. Um, great work on, on your end. And if you, if you can, give us a website or a social media site where we could follow along with what you're doing in, uh, in now and in the future. Um, well, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, my, uh, my website's Our Time Projects, O-U-R-TimeProjectsPlural.com. Uh, the film Retrograde is now available on Hulu and Disney Plus. Um, and yeah, I really hope people tune in to watch it. So thank you for, for chatting. It's, listen, it's a great watch, but it's a hard watch for sure. Matthew, thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me. Matthew Henneman. Matthew Henneman. Um, I, yeah, it just I, what a film. Very, very dark. Uh, it just uh, just amazing um retrograde's the name of it i just uh, saw it on disney plus uh frank mckay signing off uh matthew henneman uh, award winning director has uh, has been our very special guest uh, we'll see you all next time on breaking it down this is frank mckay in many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a, a super talent. And in the blues world, uh, the name Vaughn means so much. And uh, this is the older brother of, of the late, great Stevie Ray Vaughn. But uh, what, a, uh, what an honor it is to speak to him. He's a guitar legend and a blues legend. And just, uh, just amazing what he's done with his career. And uh, right now, right now we've got a five-CD box set coming out. And this is a must-get for everyone.
and you know they're not making any more of this guy uh it's called the jimmy vaughn story and it is uh it, it is on sale now you can get it right now jimmy vaughn how are you i'm doing great thanks for having us how are you I, i'm doing great and i gotta i gotta imagine going through all of this was an emotional experience right i mean just you know weeding through and weeding out and deciding what not to put i imagine uh there were some hard decisions even with five cds uh there were some hard decisions of of putting some one thing in over another yeah well you know uh, i had uh malcolm mills the the guy from the record label that has the record label, uh, he was really uh, responsible for helping me get through it. I did. Uh, I was on all the music, of course, but uh, uh, going through all this, you know, it was like a, a, a guy writing a book or something, yeah. and then, you know, having a, a, a great writer help you decipher you know yeah so uh, it was very exciting it's and it's, it's it's if you like jimmy vaughn and you like the blues and you like stevie ray vaughn and you like all these other people like uh, there's albert collins art neville bb king uh billy gibbon bo diddley bonnie Raitt, buddy guy charlie musk white Deborah mcclinton uh, Dr. John, Eric Clapton, and uh, there's a lot of people on this uh, CD, you know, with uh, duets and with us, us playing, and plus family style, and, uh, you know, the record that I did with Stevie that we did together. So it was a uh, it was a lot of fun, yeah. and I think if you like that kind of music, you're going to dig it. Yeah, well, listen, uh, we do like that kind of music, and we do like Jimmy Vaughn. Uh, it's I love the idea that you call it the Jimmy Vaughn story. And that's what makes me think it's kind of like putting a biography together, right? I mean, you're um, you're weeding through, and you're going through. Were there were there songs that made this five CD set that? Uh, that for some reason or another uh, you haven't seen or heard in a while? You haven't thought about in a while? Oh, yes. Uh, there there was a lot of things that I, you know, I forgot or, or didn't even know about uh, that uh, the record company came up with when, when searching, you know. So... Uh, but but the, but the truth is, most of this stuff is uh, mine and Stevie's heroes, musical heroes, in the uh, the world of blues and rock and roll. You know. Do you remember the first? And, uh, oh. Really, it's. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I was going to say. Do you remember the first blues guitarist you heard, and and who was it exactly that hooked you? Well. Um, First of all, uh, my uncles both played guitar on both sides of the family. And so they were uh, in, you know, there's really no difference between Bob Wills, 
and Lightning Hopkins. I mean, it's very close. Yeah. Um, it, it's 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 really American popular music, and response have you gotten from the folks that are still with us that that appear on this uh, box set I, you know I imagine they're excited as well uh, I, well, I hope so uh, a lot of these uh, are, are you talking about the artists the artists or, yeah uh, I mean for example has Clapton uh, heard that you're doing this yeah 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 well, uh, I, you know, when I was, uh, when I was uh, 12, 13, uh, I remember being on the radio, listening to the radio, and then uh, Eric Clapton came out on the radio. So I remember first time hearing that, and I remember the first time hearing B.B. King and Lightning Hopkins and yep. all those rock and roll and blues things. Uh, I didn't know what they called it all, but I knew that I liked it, you know. You know, uh, all those bands, the Rolling Stones and the Yardbirds, they, they loved the old blues guys like you did. Uh, Clapton, uh, they yeah. had the same appreciation that you and, and Stevie had uh, for them. Listen, congratulations, not only on the box set, we'll be talking about it as we let you go, but congratulations on an amazing career. Uh, you're a legend, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. Jimmy Vaughn, uh, give us a website or a social media site that you have that... Um, well... Yeah. Yeah, it's Jimmy Vaughn, J-I-M-M-I-E V-A-U-G-H-A-N dot com and also, it's on, uh, you know, all the uh, other stuff, you know, YouTube and all that stuff, uh, the social medias and all that stuff. Uh, and Amazon, you can get all, all, all of our records on Amazon. So. Jimmy Vaughn, 
congratulations once again. Thank you very much for being here. Well, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. The Jimmy Vaughn story, everyone, a must-get for blues fans, rock fans, and, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's nice to, you know, talk to somebody who's, who spent their whole life doing something that you know doesn't necessarily, uh, pay off. I mean, it's, uh, the, the blues is, is the, uh, the opposite of, of selling out, right? Is, and again, I'm not saying anybody sold out that went into rock or whatever, but, um, to uh, to stick with blues your whole life or jazz your whole life, you're not going to make the money that uh, you'd make, uh, you know, going into the mainstream. Jimmy Vaughn is one of those people, and he's a legendary blues uh, master, and he's just a- absolutely, absolutely fantastic. I'm thrilled to have him. The Jimmy Vaughn story, he's the, the older brother to Stevie Ray Vaughan, when we have him uh, again for a, a longer period of time, we'll we'll get into some more uh, conversations about about um, uh, Stevie and and some of the you know what he was like growing up. You know what uh, what uh, attracted him, um, if anything, more so than um, than Jimmy, his older brother, to uh, to the instrument. How much different was there was their take on all of this? But anyway, Jimmy Vaughn, the Jimmy Vaughn story has been our subject, and Jimmy Vaughn has been our very special guest, Frank McKay, signing off the older brother of Stevie Ray Vaughan and the, the great Jimmy Vaughn, blues guitarist, has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.